0: Concerning the economically unstable times that we live in, it is a great idea to convert some of your savings into real money. Now, there is a big difference between real money and what we call money, which is actually just currency. So our dollar is currency, which fluctuates. Real money, on the other hand, like silver, for example, is a store of value over time the best way to think of it is like this if you had saved one thousand dollars in cash back in the late 60s the late 1960s that one thousand dollars would still be one thousand dollars technically but it would buy you significantly less today due to inflation now if you had saved that same one thousand dollars in silver back in the 1960s. Today, it would be worth around $28,000. So one of the best ways to protect your purchasing power is in real money, more specifically, silver. You can buy and have the metal shipped discreetly to your door and what most people don't know is that you can actually convert your IRA or even a 401k into physical silver rather than having all of your life savings tied up in the paper fiat system which is subject to hyperinflation. Go to dailyrenegade.com and click on the Cornerstone Assets Metals banner. This is the only company that I personally trust with this kind of thing. Click on that and sign up to get your free silver report today. One of the financial experts will speak with you to find out the best way to protect your savings going forward in these uncertain times. Hey, everybody. Welcome to JPD Weekly. I am your host, Josh Peck. Um, I'm going to say right off the bat, uh, well, first, I'm going to make this whole video available for everybody for free because I think it's important. Um, So... Just real quick, uh, if you want more content like this, you can go to dailyrenegade.com, sign up for a membership. Uh, it's only $10 a month or $100 a year. You should do the year if you can because instead of paying $120 you know, month to month, you get 20 bucks off. You get basically two months for free. Uh, so that would be the way to go. Um, and usually the way that it's set up is I'll do half the video for free for everybody on YouTube, and then the rest of the video is uh, at Daily Renegade, we and we had to start doing that because of censorship and other issues. YouTube was deleting full channels of ours, and I mean, I have like eight years of stuff that is just gone now. Um, so we had to start backing it up on the website, and that costs money to maintain. Um, so uh, you, can, you can get a subscription there. Um, also, for some people on some browsers, the website's a little bit slow only at login. So when you log in, if the screen turns white or if it looks like it takes you back to the login page just give it a second it is loading up once it does load up uh, and you're in it won't do that anymore you'll be able to navigate the site just fine Um, it's not slow every time so um, but so with a video like this uh, if I have it for everybody then usually I'll do an early release on the website so if you're watching this on YouTube uh, people who have memberships have already had access to this for probably a week. We usually try to do a week or two in advance. Um, so also because of this, if you are watching this for free, I'm recording this on December 6th. There might have been more stuff that has happened um, after today by the time you're watching it. So if I've missed some things, uh, that's why. So I'm recording this on December 6th. Okay. Um, so. I want to say right at the beginning that this video is in no way presented in a spirit of anger or hate, but only love. You know, too often as uh, Christians, it's, it's like we sit in anticipation and wait for a Christian, especially a famous one, to fall. So we can jump up, point it out, tell everybody that we knew it all along and basically use that person's fall as a way for us to show off and get prideful. We make it more about us than we do them. Uh, you know, when, when a prominent Christian leader has a fall, you know, uh, and and gets caught in, you know, some kind of sin, how often do we really pray for that person? I mean, yes, of course they should step down at that point and not be involved in public ministry anymore, but how often for the person, for the human being, how often do we actually pray for that person? Uh, or, or do we just get online and make a whole bunch of comments? That's usually the case. Um. And you, you, like, I mean, you can see this attitude all over comment sections. Uh, just check any of my videos, and, and you know, let's be honest, it's getting really old. You know, there's a huge problem in the church today, and what it boils down to is replacing love for others with pride of self. Uh, so many people, especially online, have made excuses for themselves in doing this, and every year it gets worse and worse. Uh, if this isn't evidence that we are in. An end times apostasy. I really don't know what is. Uh so I just want to make it clear that this is this isn't going to be a video bashing Kanye West. We are going to talk about him, some of the things he said, what it represents, but this isn't. To bash him or insult him, uh, even though he did he did absolutely say some horrendous things that we'll be talking about, but instead it's an appeal for love. it's an appeal for Kanye to go back to his first love and to drop the unfortunate beliefs that he's adopted. Uh, but I have zero interest in insulting the guy or or doing anything but loving him because that is the only thing that'll fix anything if insults and arrogant comments online had any effect that isn't totally negative then by now Joel Osteen, for example, would be delivering Bible-perfect sermons every week by now. I mean, but what have the insults actually done? If anything, they've just made somebody like Joel Osteen feel even more rooted in his beliefs and ways because he believes he's being persecuted, and in a way, he is. Uh, Whenever we post, we need to ask ourselves, am I posting this because I love this person and want to correct an error for their benefit and the benefit of those listening, or... Am I posting this so my voice and opinion is heard and so people will think I'm really smart? You know, in short, when you comment, is it in service to others or yourself? Um, And if it is in service to others, then don't you want to do that in the most efficient way possible? Because hurling insults does nothing but spread hate, and honestly, it gives more power to the kingdom of darkness. Correcting in love, however, that's actually the most effective, efficient way possible. So take Joel Osteen again, for example. He, he's never changed, and he gets insulted probably more than any other famous Christian person in our time. It's not working, clearly, because no one is going to listen to someone who doesn't Care about them and just wants to vent anger or hatred, or or just wants to use them to prop themselves up. You know, no, no one's going to follow the advice of someone like that. Now, if people approached him with love and boldness instead of arrogant and pride, and lovingly, you know, corrected the errors. And I just, I, I don't mean, you know, you got to so- speak in a soft voice, and I don't even mean that. You know, we can be bold about it, but we have to be loving. That person needs to know that we're correcting them because we genuinely care about them and their eternal soul. If they don't, if they don't believe that because we're just being insulting, they're not going to listen. Um, so, if if we speak with love and boldness instead of arrogance and pride, if we can humble ourselves to these people, that could actually have an impact. So, I just wanted to make that clear because you never know how far a video like this can reach. Um, you know, when Prince died, the musician Prince, they released pictures of of his belongings, and among them was a Steve Quayle book about biblical giants. I mean, you just never would have guessed that. Prince would be reading something like that, so you never know how far a message can reach. You never know what your true outreach is. That's important to keep in mind with your comments too, like in in comment sections. You you don't know who's reading that. You know you could be the excuse somebody has for not becoming a Christian. Um, but anyway, so so just to say, that I, I want to say that just so if by some chance, if by some miracle, if Kanye does manage to see this, just know that yes, I do want to correct some mistake mistaken teachings but I'm doing so out of love and genuine concern for your spiritual and even eternal well-being I, I don't put myself above you at all I came out of new age myself so I, I don't really have any room I'd be the biggest hypocrite in the world if I'm gonna denounce a person you know an actual human being because of some of their beliefs now I, I don't have any problem denouncing certain beliefs sure but you know a human being you know an eternal soul it, it, that's different. So uh so I pray you'll watch the entire video and consider what I'm saying in prayer and truth. Now, okay, so for those who are brand new to this topic, um, Kanye West, he's a rapper, producer, fashion designer. Uh, As far as faith, we we can't ever really know for sure what's in a person's heart or how how God will judge it on Judgment Day. So all we can do is make some educated guesses based on things that he's said in the past. And and again, this isn't to sensationalize anything. This is a genuine concern because there are some very anti-Christian, anti-biblical teachings going around today that are calling themselves Christian. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians are adopting these beliefs and then sp- spreading them around themselves. And we have to be careful of that. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, all we can do is just take what he says and then, you know, make a guess based on that. But, but again, the point of it isn't to try to guess if he's saved or not. I, I don't know. That's not the point of this. The point is to correct error, uh, you know, to, to speak truth to lies. And we do that in love. We don't do that by bashing a person who holds those beliefs, by bashing them as individuals, you know, Um, or even a people group. You know, we don't do that. So uh, in 2004, he wrote a song, Kanye West wrote a song called Jesus Walks that has a line implying that he believed, or at least he was taught, that only Jesus can save us. So that was all the way back in 2004. Um, in 2008 he said in an interview with uh, the fader quote "I'm like a vessel and God has chosen me to be the voice and the connector I can't be responsible I'm good but I'm not that good so my job is just to be in the studio and do videos and I just stand here and let God do the rest end quote uh, but then in 2009 he told vibe quote, I don't believe in religion and giving it all up to Jesus and stuff like that. I don't believe in that. I just believe in God. I would never say that it's in Jesus's hands, end quote. Um, also in 2009, he said in an interview with uh, Bishop, I think is how you pronounce that, that he was, quote, taught to believe everyone is going to hell, end quote, and that he, quote, believed in Jesus as an icon, Uh, He said that he didn't feel the responsibility to put his life on Jesus. He said, quote, I feel I need to take responsibility for my own successes and failures. Why I say I don't give it all up to Jesus is because there are a lot of people who don't take responsibility for their lives and always think Jesus is going to handle it, and that's what I refuse to do, end quote. Uh, In 2013, he released a, a song called I Am a God which has lyrics that I frankly can't repeat here. But in it, he claims that he is a god, but also a man of God, which is obviously mixed messaging. Um, by 2019, it seemed that Kanye was pivoting to a more like real Christian belief system. He released a gospel type of uh, rap album called Jesus is King, and in fact, uh, at that time on this channel, I did a video where we went through some of the lyrics of those songs, and, and they were great, frankly. They were they were really good. It seemed like he was heading in the right direction, but he was a new Christian, at least compared to the way that he was doing it before, and the spotlight was on him, which is never a good idea. You wouldn't want to take a brand new Christian and make him the pastor of your church, but unfortunately, that's kind of what ended up happening with the media. Um He got his kids baptized, and a pastor from Southern California, Adam Tyson, said he had been leading Kanye in Bible study for months, and that Kanye told him that he wanted to quit rapping because it's the devil's music. Um, Kanye said in an interview, quote, Now that I'm in service to Christ, my job is to spread the gospel, to let people know what Jesus has done for me, end quote. And if that's all it was, that probably would have been fine. But Unfortunately, that's not all that happened. Um, He tried to run for president and his wife ended up divorcing him in 2021. There's obviously a lot more to his history, but that's just kind of a rundown of the basics to catch us up to today. So Now in 2022, um, we're at the very end of 2022 at the time of this recording, uh, Kanye has had a lot of controversy surrounding him because of some pretty awful things that he said in interviews uh, regarding the Jewish people. And again, I bring these up not to embarrass, it's it's to call out error. It's not to embarrass anybody. This isn't like, you know, those those so-called discernment ministries that really all they do is just bash everybody all day. And they, they write like the most hateful articles you can, you can imagine. It's like, how can they even call themselves Christian if they have this in their hearts? And there's never a call to pray for them. There's never a call to, you know, hey, if you know this person, if you personally know him, please try to talk to him, pray with him, you know give him the love of the church just you know let him know like we as christians we, we want him to come to repentance we can't support these things that he's saying but we truly genuinely want want him to you know come to christ and repent and, you know you, you don't ever see that in, in any any of these like more popular discernment ministries really it's all about shock and just being being jerks you know just just being totally immature so I'm not I'm not bringing up these quotes to do that. I'm just bringing them up because these are actual beliefs that are out there. This is representative of of actual real beliefs that are dangerous and harmful. And you need, you need to especially if you have kids, you need to watch your kids with this. Um, it's it's rampant and it's growing like wildfire. And I think it's because you know we the church we're not we're not doing enough to to correct this and love the way that it's supposed to be done. So that's what I'm attempting to do here. Um, Okay, so last October, uh, Kanye posted a screenshot of a text conversation he had with Sean Diddy Combs, in which he said that he was going to use Combs, quote, as an example to show the Jewish people that told you to call me that no one can threaten or influence me, end quote. A couple of days later on Twitter, Kanye claimed that he was going to go quote deathcon three on the Jewish people end quote now apparently that was a misspelling of defcon but uh, but he he and he also said that it was not anti-Semitic for him to say that because quote black people are actually Jew also end quote. Uh, A couple of days after that, Vice's motherboard leaked footage from Kanye's interview with Tucker Carlson that was edited out of the broadcast, including him saying that the term Jew refers to the, quote, 12 lost tribes of Judah who the people known as the race black really are, end quote. So it's a black Hebrew-Israelite thing, which we'll talk about in a minute. But on October 17th, in an interview with Chris Cuomo, uh, Kanye talked about the, quote, Jewish underground media mafia, end quote, and says his, quote, Death 3, end quote, uh, remarks referred to when, quote, black musicians signed to Jewish record labels and those Jewish record labels take ownership, end quote, and he called it a form of, quote, modern-day slavery, end quote. Sorry about all the quote and end quote stuff. I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm I am i want to represent accurately what he said, and I don't want to add anything. Um, on October 31st, he posted, quote, I got to get the Jewish business people to make the contracts fair or die trying, end quote. On November 4th, he posted, he is, quote, starting to think anti-Semitic means the N-word, end quote. Um, On December 1st, Kanye was on Infowars with Alex Jones and Nick Fuentes, who uh, is about as anti-Semitic as they come, and said, while he, quote, loves Jewish people, end quote, that he also, quote, likes Nazis, end quote, and can see, quote, good things about Hitler, end quote. The very next day, he posted a photo showing images of the Star of David and a swastika combined. Now, as I mentioned before, he has been doing inter- interviews with Nick Fuentes, who is uh, incredibly antagonistic against the Jewish people. He has denied the Holocaust, comparing dead Jews to making cookies and ovens. He's uh, called Daily Wire columnist uh, Matt Walsh a, shab- a, quote, Shabos Goy race traitor, end quote, um, because he works for Ben Shapiro, who is Jewish. In his keynote speech for AFPAC, in 2022, talking about Russia's invasion of Ukraine. He said, quote, they compare Putin to Hitler like it's a bad thing, end quote. Um, He has, Fuentes has repeatedly endorsed the great replacement conspiracy theory, and, uh, and it is a total conspiracy theory that's just born from hatred, but it says that the Jews and other minorities are attempting to wipe out white culture. He acts as if he's making his his method is he asks as if he's or he acts as if he's making provocative statements purely for shock value, um, you know, just as jokes. But but really, this is to retain plausible deniability. He insists that his uh, extreme statements, openly encouraging violence against women or the Holocaust or Holocaust denial, that they're just jokes. Yet he he knows even if he was saying them as jokes, and I don't believe he is, his audience takes them seriously. You know, even if it was just jokes, it it does nothing to help the massive anti-Semitism problem in this country and all over the world. It only spreads more hate around. These aren't just jokes. Um, In early 2022, Fuentes advocated for a white uprising to install Trump. He suggested that the U.S. should stop having elections so that the former president could continue ruling as a dictator over a white society. Uh, And the rhetoric is getting more violent. Just a couple of weeks ago, uh, Nick Fuentes released a video openly threatening Jews. He said, quote, the Jews had better start being nice to people like us because what comes out of this is going to be a lot uglier and a lot worse for them than anything that's being said on this show, end quote. He also said, quote, in spite of the fact that I've been bullied by the Jews and I've been oppressed and slandered and lied about and attacked by the Jews, I've been completely precise for the most part and even-handed and nuanced the Jews are going to look at people like me and America first and say, I miss when it was just that funny guy, end quote. And this is the guy that, unfortunately, Kanye West has decided to associate himself with. A couple of days after the InfoWars interview, Kanye and Nick did another interview together where Kanye said the InfoWars interview was, quote, awesome for a presidential campaign, end quote. And then he went on to blame the Jewish people for Hitler's reputation. It's it's the Jews' fault that Hitler has a bad reputation. He that, That's what he's saying. He also said, quote, Jewish people control the majority of the media, along with banks, along with real estate, uh, along with malls. They can control the narrative. History is written by the winners, end quote. In that same interview, Nick Fuentes talked about his childhood and said, quote, kids love Hitler, end quote, and that there is something compelling about Nazi videos, propaganda, and symbols. Kanye said, quote, that there is a collusion of Jewish attorneys and managers and everything else you can think of, end quote, that, quote, give America porn, end quote. Kanye later said, quote, Jews should work for Christians. I'll hire a Jewish person in a second if I knew they weren't a spy and I could look through their phone and follow through their house and have a camera all in their living room, end quote. Lastly, he said, quote, Jewish people can't tell me who I can love and who I can't love. You can't say, you can't Force your pain on everyone else. Jewish people forgive Hitler today, end quote. It's absolutely appalling. You know, and and the, the I don't I don't even need to explain to you how disgusting those statements are. But the truly disappointing thing is that through all of this, Kanye is still claiming to be a Christian. Now I'm not saying he is or isn't saved. Like I said, God will judge. But saying these things and attaching the Christian label to it. Will only make it more difficult for Christians to effectively witness to Jewish people and lovingly tell them about Jesus. I mean, uh, the view of a lot of Jewish people towards Christians is that we're all anti-Semitic, and, and we're not. And there's a, a majority that are, and I I seriously question their Christian their, their Christianity um, if they're saying stuff like that. And we'll get into why because the Bible says like if you have hate in your heart in, in like that you you don't know the love of God. <laughs> um. So how, how did how did Kanye get so far off in, in his thinking? Unfortunately, anti-Semitism is a growing trend. And this particular brand of anti-Semitism seems to be rooted in the teachings of a growing group calling themselves the Black Hebrew Israelites. Now, there's a lot of different subgroups that believe varying things, but typically it all revolves around the belief that Black people are the real Jews and the Jews in Israel are imposters, which is obviously wrong. Um, now, unfortunately, this belief that the Jews in Israel are not the real Jews has spread within the church among people calling themselves Christian. I, I get comments from these people all the day, I, all, all the time, every day in all my videos. It's it's sickening, uh, and, they, and they take such pride and pleasure in it. Um, th- they'll even use this as an excuse to post those hateful comments about the Jewish people as a whole. You know, it's it's really a disgusting and hateful belief which uh, intends to strip away the history, culture, and religion of an entire race of people. And as I said before, if we are not in an end times apostasy right now, then, then I can't even imagine what one would look like. This, this hatred of Jews is not just here in America. It's all over the world. And thanks to the internet, new groups are being formed all the time. In the past, the way these... End of the age apostasies would go, Um, you know, according to the Essenes. So, just real briefly, uh, what I'm talking about when I say end end of times apostasy. So, the the Essenes um, in Israel, they were different from the Pharisees and Sadducees. They aligned more closely with what Jesus came to teach. Not that Jesus was an Essene, it's just the Essenes were, they still had some correcting they needed to, but uh, they were just, they had beliefs that were more close to what Jesus actually came to teach. But they they had a view of all of human history as split up into ages, and at the end of every age, there was an apostasy. There was a lot of turmoil, so you know, and we could just use the um um, the last age. So so there's age of creation, first two thousand years, age of Torah, the next two thousand years, age of grace that we are in. Uh, and, and almost done with, according to the Essenes, which was the next two thousand years. Then there was a thousand year Sabbath, which is we you, we would know as the Millennial Reign of Christ. So the Essenes, the keepers of the Dead Sea Scrolls, the the writers, they were they were believing this way back then, and they believed that at the end of every age came this came an apostasy where people would fall from faith, they would get mean, violent, uh, love would basically be a rare thing, and we're seeing that now. So. In the past, the way that these end-of-the-age apostasies would go is the rhetoric turns violent every time. It's not just saying things. It, It turns violent. During the apostasy at the end of the last age, the age of Torah, again, according to the Essenes, which ended in 75 AD, a couple of years, this would have been a couple of years after the temple was destroyed, but during that apostasy, Israel had groups of Jews that would kill other Jews for pretty ridiculous things. It was hatred born from apostasy. You know, these people would use like religious things, like if you weren't circumcised, you know, they they, they would put on this, this veil of, you know, religion or faith, but but really it was they were tapping into the hatred in their own hearts. Um uh, it it was hatred born from apostasy. So you had groups in Israel, even back then doing this, You you had, the slaughter of a massive number of Jews by the hands of the Romans when the temple was destroyed. So that this kind of stuff always turns violent. And these things being said are not jokes. Uh, these, these are things that people, especially young and impressionable people will latch onto and irresponsibly take action with. Um, it's not a game. It, it is legitimately dangerous and, dangerous, and Jewish people, for as long as there have been Jewish people, have been suffering over and over again because of things exactly like this. It always starts with just talk or just jokes, but talk always turns into action, and action into irreversible consequences. So I'm telling you all this not to bash on Kanye, Kanye or even Nick Fuentes, but to, to warn you how strong of a pull this apostasy has on people especially younger people. Um, If you can see it, then you're less likely to fall into it yourself, and it's really easy to do so. Um, Our best defense against it, however, isn't hurling insults at anti-Semites, but to try to reach out to them with the truth out of love and to warn others of where these dangerous beliefs can lead. Uh, true love doesn't result in things like this. If you find yourself having adopted some of these beliefs, I strongly encourage you to really examine your heart, pray to Jesus, ask him to show you uh, any errors that you may have in your beliefs, and be be humble enough to change your mind and repent. Um, So let's let's look at the biblical definition of love. Uh, And as I'm reading this, ask yourself, does this describe the type of rhetoric we hear from anti Semites or Black Hebrew Israelites? Uh 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 says, Love is patient and kind. I mean that right there. Love is patient and kind. Where's the patience? Where's the kindness in these comments? When, when, you, when you leave a, a YouTube comment, something about you know what the Jews are doing, where's the patience? Where's the kindness? Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. You know, usually these people are really prideful when they make these comments. They're, they're so prideful because they have all the answers. Um, I, I see this all the time, even in, in stuff like Rapture stuff. You know, I do a video on the rapture and I'll I'll get somebody that they don't they don't feel the need to explain it. They don't feel the need to try to, you know, you can tell they care more about themselves than me. It's not about correcting me because I'm a pre-trib guy. You know, they may be mo- uh, mid or post or whatever. But the, they'll leave their comments. Pre-trib is a lie, you know. Darby made it up in 1800s. It's a, it's you know, they'll they'll just make just random statements like that and not back it up with any actual facts or history, or because they don't care. They're they're trying to spout off their own arrogance and pride in the comment section to kind of show off to everybody how smart they are. They they don't actually care about me or correcting me. So why would I listen to them? I wouldn't. This is what I'm getting at. Now, if somebody came to me in love and said, Hey, hey, Josh, I love your brother. Um, you know, it's not a salvation issue, but I think you're wrong about this pre-trib thing. And, you know, I, th- I think you could gain a lot of peace if you actually understood the truth. And, you know, here's, here's my story. Here's I, how I came to it. And, you know, something like that, I'm, I would, I would be more willing to pay attention to and listen to. It doesn't mean that I would change my mind on it necessarily. It depends what evidence they brought up, but, I can tell you for sure, I'm I'm not going to change my mind by being insulted online. Just nobody will. So when we go out of our way to insult Joel Osteen or any of these people, we need to know we're not actually going to change their mind. Like we are making the problem worse by doing that. We're making that person more rooted in their current beliefs because they feel persecuted. So we need to keep that in mind. Um. Anyway, so let's continue. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Now, does that sound like the untold number of comments online that say horrible things about the Jewish people? Does any of that sound like that? Is that a heart of love or a heart of hate? Speaking of the end times, Jesus himself said in Matthew 24, verses 10 through 13, quote, And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. So anyone watching, I want you to endure to the end and be saved. Don't throw your faith away on some conspiracy theory and allow it to rot you on the inside. Don't let Satan steal your love and replace it with hate. We are in an apostasy, clearly. Don't let it deceive you. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. End quote. Are we meditating on these things or are we turning on the news and meditating on how much we hate our political leaders? Are we reading lies online about Jewish people and using it as an excuse to fall into anti-Semitism? And are we meditating on that? Is that praiseworthy, lovely, and pure? You know, is God going to reward you for that when you're judged? You know, the good thing is Jesus talked a lot about what true love is, so we don't have to guess what he meant by it. The entire Bible does, really. In fact, Mark 12, 28-34 says, Uh, Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceived that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this, you shall love your neighbors as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth for there is one God and there is no other, but he, and to love him with all the heart and uh, with all the understanding, with all the soul and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offering it's more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now, when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. John thirteen thirty four through 35, Jesus says, As I have loved you, so you must love one another. I'm going to just pause there. It's not a suggestion as I have loved you, so you must love one another. You have no business calling yourself a Christian if you're, not, if you're not actively pursuing this. Jesus says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now that's a really good one. It's just simple and true. Are you known by your love of fellow Christians or even fellow human beings in general and specific individuals? Because we're called to love our enemies too. Or are you known for snarky comments online? What are you known for? Luke 10, 25 to 37 gives us an object lesson on how to demonstrate love. Now keep in mind, during this time Samaritans were hated by much of the rest of the Jewish population. Uh, for our day-to-day, if, if you have anti-Semitic beliefs, you know, if you're an, if you have anti-Semitic beliefs, if you believe that this Jew conspiracy theory thing, if you believe that. Then with this, replace Samaritan here with Jew and put yourself in the place of these individuals Jesus is talking about. Or or maybe it's not anti-Semitism, maybe it's something else. Uh, you know, or or how about Zionist? Put Zionist in there. Or or how about politician? How about that? There's any number of terms that you can put in there, but if there's if there are people that you tend to rail against or, or tend to allow yourself to get stressed out about and just have hatred for, put their name in place of the Samaritan and really try to understand what Jesus is simply teaching here without twisting his words or redefining his instructions. Luke 10, 25-37 states, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied. How do you read it? he answered love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love love your neighbor as yourself you have answered correctly jesus replied do this and you will live but he but he wanted to justify himself so he asked jesus and who is my neighbor in reply jesus said because, because this is something, This is I'm breaking off for you. this is, this is an excuse that people will say, well, I can hate this person because they're not my neighbor, you know, neighbor is just fellow Christians. N- neighbor is just like people around you. No, because it makes it very clear, as we'll see later on too, that even your enemy, even when they're persecuting you, you're still commanded to love and pray for them. Um, anyway, but he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Told him go and do likewise. So you could put yourself in the place of. Let's say it, there's a couple different ways you can look at this. The person that you rail against. What if they had done something like that for a fellow Christian? Um, you know, what what if they had done something like that? Would they would would that person be considered a neighbor? Or even think about it like this: the guy in the ditch. What if that was, you know, the uh, what if that was. A jewish person that you think is like out to try to manipulate things and and take away your culture or something whatever whatever the teaching is you know would you just pass by like like the priest and the levite um this was a samaritan and there there was no excuse right so you really could take either of those characters and just replace it with somebody like you know what what would it look like if the person that i really hate actually did something like this for somebody that i really love you, you, you know and, and isn't that within the capacity of a human being to do sure but but i've never seen him do it josh well pray for that pray pray that that can happen or you if if you're walking by and the person that you hate the most whoever it is is laying in the ditch laying in the ditch are you going to be like the samaritan or are you going to be like the priest and Levi and just keep walking now, you might be thinking, you know, yeah, Josh, but you don't understand these people are evil. Look at the terrible things they're doing. And Well, I say, I'm just reading the Bible here, so if you want to argue against it, you have to take that up with God, because in Matthew 5, 43-48, Jesus says... You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. Now you could replace, you know, tax collectors there with politicians to understand it more clearly in our own time. Uh, you know, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Um, you can't just, just only be around like, okay, like when I do videos like this, this isn't only for Christians. This I'm also hoping unbelievers will watch this too. Uh, and and learn from it, and hopefully get saved. Um, it's a teaching for Christians because I believe that that's what my calling is, and um, and the church really needs help. But if if I can teach you how to treat other people, that then that's you know if this video gets a couple hundred views, well, that's a couple hundred people out in the world that now at least have the information on how to how to actually treat people, and that that can that can ripple out and, and really be a, a wonderful thing that in the world that that it needs it. Um, but love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. I mean, it's just as simple as that. You don't have to love the persecution itself, but love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, just like Jesus did on the cross. Um, how many of us ever pray for Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or any of the politicians we get stressed and complain about? Uh, you know, I, I primarily hang out with other Christians. You know, of course, because uh, I am a Christian. I, I don't limit myself to just, you know, my own kind or whatever. Um, but when the topic of politics comes up, almost never do I do I ever hear, you, you know, th- th- this is terrible. What what they're doing? We really need to pray for them. If if Joe Biden could accept Christ, can you imagine how much impact he could have? How much positive impact? But then. When I say that in a video, people think I'm being childish and silly, but this is exactly what the Bible says to do. So I I actually don't care if I'm insulted for it, but I just want to point out that hypocrisy there that actually the childish thing, the immature thing, the silly, naive thing is to complain about it and get stressed and then think that that's going to do anything. All that's going to do is darken your own heart. Now, if if you if you're one of these people, and if you really believe that you're being persecuted by Jewish people, and you call yourself self a Christian, why do you rail against them online in the open rather than loving them enough to pray for them? Do, do you ever pray for for God to reveal any error that you might have? This is something that we need to get better at doing, myself included, by the way. You know, if I this this is just an open prayer that I, I I'm just honest about. I've, if there is any error in my teaching or my uh in in my beliefs, I want that corrected desperately. Cause I don't want to teach anything that's wrong. And I don't want to believe anything that's wrong. Whatever that is. I, I don't have a vested interest in, you know, I really want this thing to be true. So I'm gonna I'm gonna latch onto that and I'm gonna figure out all the ways that I can make it true. I that's that's childish. I'm not looking for excuses to to hate on people. I, I used to do that though. That that's that's why I'm talking to you about this in the way that I am because I used to be like that. Uh, any excuse that I could find to to hate somebody or to be really angry and to just hold resentment in my heart towards them, I, I would do it. Whether I knew them or not, whether it was a politician or a family member, I would do that. And it's 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 like a prison. You're locking yourself in your own prison, and there's there's freedom in uh, in love. Now, this is absolutely serious and something that could have eternal consequences, so we really need to take this seriously. 1 John 2, 9-11 through 11 says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. First John three ten through 15 says, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. I mean, it just makes it plain and simple. For this the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not marvel uh my brethren if the world hates you we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren he who does not love his brother abides in death he who hates his brother is a murderer and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him this is absolutely serious and we really need to we need we we need to put this into practice like yesterday like immediately all of us 1 John three eighteen through 23 says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And I'm just going to pause right there. We, it's not enough to just say it. You actually got to do stuff too. You got to show it. I'm hoping I'm doing that by making videos like this, because even though I'm, I'm trying to correct mistakes, I'm not doing it out of hate. I'm not like some of these so-called discernment ministries that have no love in them whatsoever. And their only purpose of existence is just to bash everybody that they don't like. Fellow Christians that they don't like, um, that 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 is completely far removed from what I'm attempting to do here. So we we don't love just in word or in tongue. You know, it's not enough to just say it, but indeed and in truth, you have to say it and do it truthfully the way that the Bible commands, not in our own way. Uh, continuing on in verse 19, and by this we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before Him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God, and whatever we ask, we received from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. There's just no way around it. Um, and that's what I—that's why I say people that continue on this. Why that these verses should worry you. They—they—they they, they should at least cause you to step aside yourself and just think, okay, Lord, please show me if I'm wrong here. If if I'm behaving immaturely, if I'm having, uh, you know, a, hate, a hateful attitude that you don't want me to have. If I'm if I'm inviting anger, stress, hate into my heart, my new heart that you gave me. If I'm corrupting it, please tell me, show me, correct me. Um, and and we, we need to be doing that. First John, in, 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 but instead, what most people do is they make excuses why they why they feel justified in in hating whoever you know. They make excuses for it. Yeah, but you know you don't understand this or that. There's no excuse. There's no biblical excuse. The first century church were persecuted, killed in the most horrendous ways imaginable by the state and yet we don't read about them hating their political leaders in the bible you know no we're 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 told to pray for your enemies when they're persecuting you and and, and we see that continue you're not, you're not going to find an ounce of hate in the new testament from the, from the early church as they're being persecuted um, you're not going to see that being taught we live in America, and yeah, some bad stuff happens here. It's, there, there are some things that I hate, but we're not persecuted like that. So if they didn't have an excuse, we certainly don't have an excuse. Um, we're not being lit up in torches as candles, you know, like like Nero was doing to Christians. We're we're not. That's not happening in America. We do have some persecution, but it's it's if it wasn't an excuse for them, it's not an excuse for us now. Uh, and you might say, yeah, you know, well, praying's not going to do anything. I've been praying for, you know, these people for years and nothing has changed. First, you don't know that. Uh, and second, it doesn't matter. You don't, the Bible doesn't say pray for them unless things don't change and then just kind of give up. It doesn't say that Noah was a preacher of righteousness, right? During that whole time, no one believed him, but he still, he still did it. No, no one No one else but him and his family got on the boat. No one else repented. No one, not a single person. Yet he was still a preacher of righteousness. Well, why did he continue? Because he was following God's command. God doesn't command us and and say, you know, love one another if. It's not conditional. You know, pray for your enemies if. There's no conditions put on that. It doesn't matter if they change their mind or not. You continue to pray for them. As long as they are alive, you pray for them. Um. 1 John 4, 7-21 through 21 really drives it home. It says, uh, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us. Because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, That we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen how can he love god whom he has not seen and this commandment we have from him that he who loves god must love his brother also there is just no way around it and there 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 are potential eternal consequences for this kind of stuff you know i mean people are playing games with with the with these things but it's it's not a game Holding hate in our hearts as Christians is not an option. Allowing ourselves to be deceived and fall into the destructive path of apostasy is not an option as a Christian. Hating people of any kind for any reason is not an option. And you can argue with me all you want on the comment section. I'm not going to reply. You have to take those excuses that you think you have and you have to convince God because I'm just reading what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't care if it's a people group, or politicians, or the guy next door, or some anonymous person that left a mean comment, whoever it is, and for whatever reason, we are not permitted as Christians to have hate in our hearts for them. We are commanded to love and pray for them. That doesn't mean that we have to condone everything everyone does, because what most people say is, once I get to that point in this message, uh, people will say, yeah, but they're doing this, they're doing that. What, are you saying you're in favor? No. No. That's things that they're doing. That's not them as a person. This doesn't mean that we have to condone everything everyone does. We definitely speak to truth and against lies in boldness, but we do it in love. We do it in a way that we don't drag individuals into the same hatred that we have for lies. So, for example, I hate anti-Semitism, but I do not hate the people who have adopted such a harmful ideology. I love them enough to pray for them and do videos like this, hopefully... Uh, hopefully, to convince a few to change their mind. You know, I, I love them enough to, um, uh, to, I, I love enough. I love them enough that if if I were to encounter one, I, I would I wouldn't fight him or argue or yell and scream or, or unleash my anger. I, I would do my best to calmly talk with them in hopes of correcting their views. Because if you yell and scream at them, they're not going to listen to you. You know, what 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 is their per- it, Is it Okay, if I'm, if I'm yelling and screaming at somebody because they're an anti-Semite, I'm serving myself. I'm not serving them, and I'm definitely not serving anybody that might be listening to that guy in the future. Yet, if I can put my feelings aside, put my emotions aside, get over myself, um, and keep it together to be able to just calmly talk lovingly to this fellow human being who happens to have some really wrong views and lovingly try to convince them why they're wrong not in an accusatory way because they're not going to listen to that it, you know i then maybe i could change that person's mind you know maybe they could repent of that and that's better for them and really for the world for anybody that's going to listen to them after that it's you know do do we want to serve ourselves or do we want to serve others you know, we need to we need to learn to put our own fears or hurt feelings aside for the betterment of other people. You know, politicians, for example, a, um, a lot of the reason they do things that they do that we don't like is because they're absolutely lost and they have no ability to reason truth without the spirit of God. None of us do. So rather than get into endless political debates about, you know, this thing or that, and then, then allow all that to sit and fester in our hearts and minds, Say no to the kingdom of darkness and pray that these people will accept the saving grace of Jesus Christ and have their hearts transformed. Remember, here's how how we really don't have an excuse. The Apostle Paul was a murderer of Christians. He, He would have been the last person anyone would have expected to have such an amazing transformation. Can you imagine if, I mean, and he was openly murdering Christians. Now think about the people that we typically rail against. you know, can you imagine if Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi had a conversion like that? and they're not even openly slaughtering Christians with their own hands? you know we should be praying for them, not wasting time hating them and allowing ourselves to get all stressed out about it. you know, in the meantime, yes, vote and do what you can within the law to make changes. but don't let the new heart God gave you when you accepted Jesus become corrupted by hate that you're inviting in. I already know in the comment section of this video, I'm going to get a ton of Christians giving me excuses on why they should hate certain people. And I'll say again, I'm just reading the Bible. So it's a waste of time to give me any excuses. I'm just the messenger. You need to take those excuses to God and then be humble enough to allow him to correct you. Uh, you know, To keep your hate, you'd have to argue against the Bible itself. And that's not a good place for any Christian to be in. I remember a while ago, I did a similar video to this, and I said that we should be praying for... Nancy Pelosi. She said something or made some decision or she, she did something bad. I don't remember what it was. but um, And everybody was freaking out about it online. It wasn't a good thing. It was a dangerous thing that she did. I don't remember what it was at the moment. But my takeaway was, okay, if we really don't want these things to continue, she needs to get saved. And if we want her to get saved, then we need to pray for her. Uh, so I said that we should be praying for Nancy Pelosi. And I actually got comments. That, and, and this is like most Christians now. I actually got comments from Christians telling me that praying for her or anyone like that is a complete waste of time because they're basically demons and can't be saved. Utter and total blasphemy. That's putting Satan above God. There is no one walking the earth right now that cannot be saved. As long as there is breath in their lungs, it's not too late. I got to tell you guys, I, I'm I'm seriously really worried about the state of the church today. We we all need to come together and pray that this hatred that has infected the hearts of so many will be replaced with the love of God. Kanye West needs our prayers. He doesn't need our hate. Do I hate the things that he said? Yes, uh, but I don't hate him you know, he has unfortunately turned his back to the love of God and, and, you know, the true love that Jesus teaches us, but that doesn't mean it's forever. He can repent. And instead of being exactly like the world and just hating him or just complaining about all the stuff he said, we should pray that God opens his eyes and heart to his love. I mean, isn't praying a more useful way to spend your time than complaining? like I said it's 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 a commandment of God the most important commandment and our love should be the first thing people know us by more than our political views or or our opinions or whatever love the Bible offers no excuse for hatred of anybody even if they're your enemies even if they're persecuting you you love them enough to pray for them you know we, we shouldn't want to see anyone go to hell you know and let me ask you this does the thought of somebody that you may not like, Say Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Bill Gates, any any of these people, d- does the thought of them burning in hell for all of eternity give you joy? Does it give you pleasure? Because it shouldn't. Um, that should only be terrifying for us. How easily could we have turned out exactly like that without Jesus? If you did not have Jesus in your life, do you really think you'd be any better than Joe Biden or Bill Gates or anyone? Of course not. Jesus did that work in you. He gets the credit. And he didn't do it. He did not do it so that we could become prideful and convince others we're so much better than these people. So we don't have to love or pray for them. We can openly complain about them online and hurt the witness of, of other Christians. You know, we, we can just reinforce the world's idea that Christians are really just as just as awful as everybody else, and they just think that they're better than everybody else. Yeah, let, let's let's reinforce that. That's that's what we want to do. No, no, no. All that's doing is going right back to the same sin nature that consumes lost people and causes them to do and say ugly and sinful things that we say we hate. God gave us a new heart for a reason. We we need to use it. The world needs more light, not more darkness. Remember all those definitions of love that we that we went through earlier in this video, all those definitions. Complaining, bitterness, anger, none of that, none of that falls in line with a biblical definition of love. You know, the world needs more of God's truth, not our own political or racial opinions. If you're one that's been holding on to hate, I really do hope this video is a wake up call um, because you have no idea the level of freedom that you gain just by refusing to allow hate in your heart. You know, I've said this before, uh, probably the person that has hurt me the most in my entire life was was my father. And I won't go into detail, but suffice to say he's done things about as bad as they come. But you know what? I don't hate him. Not at all. He's, he's never repented, never apologized for real. He is not a brother in Christ. Uh, he hasn't accepted Christ. Um, he has never truly accepted my forgiveness. Uh, it's out there, but he, he doesn't want it. He doesn't think he's wrong. And so, And because of that, I have to keep him out of my life for safety concerns, but it's purely just that, safety. I'm not keeping him out because of hate, I pray he repents. I, I I pray I pray for him a lot more now than I, I have earlier in my life. And I'm thankful to Jesus for that because again, I used to be a really bitter, hateful kind of person. And um and I I just I don't I don't have that compulsion anymore. I I, I don't I don't want to hate him. I don't even want to. Uh I'm not keeping him away because of hate, it's for it's safety, but I do pray, and I ask you guys to pray for him too. I pray he repents, I pray he accepts Jesus, turns his life around, and that a true reconciliation can happen. I mean, it, it would be so easy for me to say, and, and I did this for most of my life, to say, oh, why even bother? It ain't ever going to happen. My dad, he's never going to get saved. I don't want to waste my time with prayer, I don't want to think about him. I'm just going to keep on hating him because I have an excuse to. Now, that's a human sin-natured response. And when I had feelings like that, I was wrong. Um, I have no excuse to hate him. All, all the stuff he did, does not I don't have any excuse to hate him. I hate some of the things he's done, for sure. I can hate the things that he's done, the actions that he's taken. But that doesn't translate into me hating him. Just like God hates our sins, but if you accept Jesus, he loves you. You know when we accept Jesus, it's not like we don't sin anymore, we still sin, and God hates those sins, but he doesn't hate you. God's only asking that we do the same thing. You know, he loves you. Jesus does it for you, and we're commanded to do it for other people, to, to love somebody despite their sins. That doesn't mean we condone things. Jesus didn't condone prostitution, but He He would He would talk with them and give them the truth out of love. So we need to stop wasting time with hate, allowing the kingdom of darkness to get a foothold in our ranks. And we need to start doing what God tells us to do. So church, it's time to grow up. We cannot be whiny babies anymore. Uh, You know, start taking the commandments of Jesus seriously. Ask him to help you. He will. But it starts with you admitting that you have an issue in this area and then allow God to work on you as you go through your day-to-day life, trying to get better with it all the time. So say a prayer for Kanye West, say a prayer for Nick Fuentes, Bill Gates, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, anybody, whoever, whoever it is that really burns you up, uh, pray that they will come to the saving grace of God, that they will repent, and they will have their hearts changed. That's really the only solution to any of the problems going on today anyway. That's exactly what the early church did, and that's what we should do too. If they didn't have an excuse while they were running for their lives from very real persecution in the form of horrific deaths dictated by the state, then we certainly do not have an excuse either. So I will leave you with that. That is actually all I have for today. I hope this video has blessed you. Please help share it around. I think that this is really important. Um, I mean, according to the Bible, love is the most important thing. So uh, help 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 me share this around. I'm going to leave it free for everybody. Um, uh, and I hope, I hope that it's helped. I hope it blesses you. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, just one more time. If you want to get a, if you want more stuff like this, you can go to dailyrenegade.com, get a membership, um, come be part of the Daily Renegade family. That would be great. All right. Thank you all so much. And until next time, love you all. Take care and God bless. Well, uh, I do want to just initially say thank you to everybody who has supported us through Nathan's journey um for those who aren't familiar maybe you're just joining for the first time for the past few years my son has uh my very young son he's 8 now but he's been dealing with cancer and remission and now he's in um Um, he's seeing a holistic health practitioner to cleanse his body from all the damage that the chemo did, which is actually really, really extensive. So uh, the thing about that is it's not covered by insurance, of course, because it's real medicine and insurance doesn't have a stake in that apparently. But uh, So we have to pay that out of pocket. Um, So we want to thank everybody who has helped support us uh not not only through prayer and just general love and encouragement, but also financially. It's been a huge help. Um for those if you want to know how you can help, if you want to help Nathan, um best way to do it is uh just look in the links in the description below. I believe there should be a PayPal address there. Christina posted something on my wall about all this Uh, and I'll just read it because it gives all the information on how to donate if you want but she wrote Josh and I are so thankful for everyone over the years who has been there for us regarding Nathan. He is alive today because of all your generous support. Nathan now goes in for a holistic, completely natural and clean detox every week to undo the leftover damage done by the years of chemotherapy on the long road of recovery, which as you can imagine is very costly. Real, holistic, all natural medicine tends to be. Insurance of course doesn't cover any of this, but like we tell Nathan, we refuse to put a price on his health. Nathan is getting better every day and loves his new natural health regimen. If you feel led to help us with Nathan's Detox, we would be extremely grateful. The best way is either through PayPal or Cash App. And we also have a P.O. Box listed below. And of course, we value everyone's prayers. Thank you so much for helping keep our little guy around. Nathan loves you all. And then the PayPal link is paypal.me slash Josh Peck Disclosure. All one word. J-O-S-H-P-E-C-K D-I-S-C-L-O-S-U-R-E. Uh, and then the cash app is the dollar sign Josh Scott Peck. All one word. J-O-S-H-S-C-O-T-T-P-E-C-K. And then our PO box is Josh and Christina Peck. P-O-Box 396 Crane, Missouri, 656. 656- three, three, Uh, the easiest way is through PayPal. But um, I just wanted to get that out of the way first. And I wanted to thank everybody who has helped and uh, who's kept us in prayer. um, And uh, who's been able to help financially as well. Concerning the economically unstable times that we live in, it is a great idea to convert some of your savings into real money. Now there is a big difference between real money, and what we call money, which is actually just currency. So our dollar is currency which fluctuates real money, on the other hand, like silver, for example, is a store of value over time. The best way to think of it is like this. If you had saved $1,000 in cash back in the late 60s, the late 1960s, that $1,000 would still be $1,000 technically, but it would buy you significantly less today due to inflation. Now, if you had saved that same $1,000 in silver, back in the 1960s, today it would be worth around $28,000. So one of the best ways to protect your purchasing power is in real money, more specifically, silver. You can buy and have the metal shipped discreetly to your door, and what most people don't know is that you can actually convert your IRA or even a 401k into physical silver rather than having all of your life savings tied up in the paper fiat system, which is subject to hyperinflation. Go to dailyrenegade.com and click on the Cornerstone Assets Metals banner. This is the only company that I personally trust with this kind of thing. Click on that and sign up to get your free silver report today. One of the financial experts will speak with you to find out the best way to protect your savings going forward in these uncertain times.